This is Gulf Coast Life. I'm Mike Canary. Thanks for joining us. Founded in 1999, the Waterkeeper Alliance is a worldwide network of environmental organizations that work to protect rivers, lakes, bays, wetlands, and other water, body, water, other water bodies in the U.S. and around the world. There are 15 waterkeeper organizations here in Florida, including the Calusa Waterkeeper and the Collier County Waterkeeper. They use citizen science and private labs to test area waters for things like fecal bacteria, nutrient pollution, and harmful algae. But they also research the impacts of climate change and work to reduce plastic pollution, among other things. Today, we're going to be part of the passing of the Waterkeeper Torch in Collier County. I'm joined in studio by the current Collier County Waterkeeper filmmaker, Casey Schulberg. Casey, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much, Mike. Nice to be back. And I'm also joined by the man who Casey will be handing that torch to. Ray Bearfield is an environmental reporter, editor, and columnist who has pretty deep roots here in southwest Florida, Naples in particular. Ray, thanks for coming in to talk with us today. My pleasure. So, Casey, we're going to start with you. How long have you been at Collier County Waterkeeper? Well, a little less than two years, but I've been, we're going on five years with the Waterkeeper Alliance. Uh, joined uh, Calusa Waterkeeper as their executive director in July of 2018. Uh, so spent a little more than three years there and then took over here in October of uh, 2021. Uh, when will you officially be handing the reins over to Ray? Well, the the official transfer is Wednesday, the 12th of April. So we're letting the cat out of the bag a little bit with this show. So we're going to do a benefit screening uh, of an environmental movie at Silver Spot. And that night, we will do. We will make the official transfer and the announcement. If this was TV news, there would be a graphic that said, breaking news. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, so describe what the role of Waterkeeper entails, particularly, you know, in Collier County. Well, Waterkeeper is all over the world, and there are 350 on six continents. They do amazing work, and I've gotten to know many around the world, many here in Florida. Uh, we're basically chartered with cleaning up the water in our watersheds, and the watersheds, you know, have different needs and different challenges. Uh, we have a ton of problems here in Collier County. You know, we have blue-green algae. We have red tide. Uh, we've got fecal bacteria. Uh, there's a lot of contaminated water here, and it's not getting better. We're actually backsliding, you know, as much as, you know, we might try to uh, raise awareness and try to get, uh, you know, ordinances and policies to in place to, to clean up the water. Uh, we got a thousand people coming to Florida every day, so you got rampant growth, and you got climate change. So the waters are getting warmer, so that's that's a, a beautiful incubator for a lot of nasty stuff like bacteria and Karenia brevis and cyanobacteria. So we have our hands full. And climate change issues around climate change definitely plays a role, or you play a role in trying to at least raise awareness about those, if nothing else. Well, right? I, I, you know, when I took over in October, I kind of made climate change the number one priority down here, and. Uh, uh, I just think it's it's an issue we should all be dealing with, and it, and it contributes to warming water, so that makes the bacteria-friendly larger, stronger precipitation events, so that all that runoff gets exacerbated. And of course, we have hurricanes like Ian that just came through. The hurricanes move more slowly because of the warming environment, and they usually are wider in breadth, so they, they have an opportunity to dump a lot more water for a sustained period of time, and then there's storm surge and wind, and you know, so, and we'll, we'll, we'll see more of them because the, this is just symptomatic of the uh, evolution of, you know, part of the global warming that we're seeing. 
How big is the Collier County Waterkeeper team and how much of it is made up of volunteers and, you know, people who are just donating their time to the cause? It's a really small organization. Uh, we're, we're, and we've been talking to, uh, to Ray, whom you'll meet in just a moment. Uh, really, really pleased to have Ray coming on board. He's going to be wonderful. Uh, we have uh, uh, Director of Water Quality uh, Shelly McKernan, and we've got a, a bunch of volunteers, and we've done water testing around the watershed. We had to kind of pull that back during COVID. Uh, we want to get that ramped up again. Uh, so it's a, it's a small crew. We have an executive director in the name of Harrison Langley, who founded the Collier County Waterkeeper in 2015, <clears throat> stepped aside, became executive director for me. He will remain as executive director under, under uh, Ray's uh, uh, leadership. How much of it is about the being out on the water, collecting samples, having them tested, and how much of it is about outreach and education? Well, both are important. Uh, I kind of believe that education and awareness building is more important. I mean, we're, we're, the Waterkeeper Alliance is all about water testing. We're very science-based, so we like to lead with that. But it, it's also about awareness building. you gotta, you got to create consensus. you got to have everybody kind of, you know, Front front of mind that water quality is a really key issue in Florida. Uh, you know, it, it kind of affects every every aspect of your daily life. The quality of the water. Do you collaborate with other like Clusa Waterkeeper or the other waterkeepers around the state or the ones around the world? Is there like I mean, it's a network. So is there you know information being passed between yeah, the nodes yeah, in the network? We're, we're very collegial and very collaborative. So we're on the call every week with the fifteen waterkeepers. We were at an event with Calusa Waterkeeper yesterday to help them. You know, their annual fundraiser and met. You know, I introduced Ray to a lot of our our Calusa alumni. So, and looking forward to even more cooperation uh, in the coming months and years. Is the geographic scope literally Collier County's boundaries? or is Yeah, there's a little nick out of it, but basically it's the, all of Collier County. What are the primary threats that the water bodies in Collier County are facing? I know that's a big question and you've already touched on yeah. a lot of it, but yeah. if you had to focus it. Well, we get red tide every year. You know, it's it's become almost a yearly occurrence now, and that, that didn't didn't used to be the case. So that's a huge issue here for for us. We get some cyanobacteria. That's blue green algae. Not as much as Lee County. It was really a key issue for us up at Calusa. Uh, and then you know, just look at Naples Bay. The uh, fecal bacteria bacteria. And, um, you know, one of our pet peeves is that the uh, Florida Department of Health only tests the beaches. They don't test the inland waterways. So, uh, you know, and, and my, our contention is that people recreate in those waterways. They, they kayak, they fish, and they get that water all over them. So they should at least be, no, be warned that there's uh, unpleasant stuff in that water, fecal indicator bacteria. It's a huge issue. And you would think people would want to know that. That's a that's a eye catching word when you use fecal bacteria and I'm swimming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not to laugh at it, but it is. Um, okay, we've laid the groundwork, so let's bring in uh, Ray. Ray, tell us about yourself, your background, and your connections to Southwest Florida. Well, I came to Southwest Florida in 1976 to be the editor of the Naples Daily News, and I was um, then I was recruited away by a, a the the. the the job I couldn't turn down and left and uh, spent about three years trying to find a way to get back. And I, I finally did through uh, another newspaper, came back, worked several years and left the newspaper business to become a, a charter fishing captain and uh, an environmental writer on a freelance basis. Over the years, I've, uh, you know, I 
contributed to uh, you know a number of national publications. I wrote for you know magazines in the state and uh, wrote a, a regular column for the Miami Herald, and um, also developed environmental education programs for the State Department of Natural Resources through their education division at uh, the Rookery Bay National Estuary and Research Reserve. So I pretty well established myself in that line of work, as it were. Um, but because of my wife's career, we ended up leaving the area for 27 years and only came back uh, two days after Hurricane Ian came through. We, um, everything was fine. We, you know, we got settled in, and I came back with the understanding that I would start a website that would aggregate environmental news, kind of pick up where I left 30 years ago. I should say that in the time that I was gone, I, I did keep up to speed with what was going on here. So a lot of the developments that did not exist when I left, you know, I could, I could come back here and I know, knew exactly where they were. I think based on that, um, you know, I was approached by some people that I had had associations with before and they asked me if I would be interested in, in finding out more about the water keepers. And I said, well, I kind of have a plan right now. And uh, but they persisted, and so here we are. Mm-hmm. Um, take us back in time to the you know the mid seventies, Naples, Southwest Florida. Paint a picture for our listeners who maybe have only been here a few years as to how much different things were back then, and how much smaller Naples was, and what the what the water bodies were like compared to now. I'm going to try and paint you a picture. You could you could go down to Fifth Avenue South in Naples, which is now. Rodeo Drive and sit down at Dot's Diner and have breakfast next to the former chairman of the board of Standard Oil or uh, there was such a wealthy presence in town that existed below the surface you know the people who were here uh, following the tradition of the of the you know the, the Haldemans originally the 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 people from Kentucky who who quote, discovered Naples, to the surprise of the natives. Um, you know, they, they were here for their, for their own reasons under their own terms, and they were extremely community-minded. Uh, when Hurricane Donna wiped out the Naples Pier in 1960, uh, Lester Norris, who at the time lived in a cabin over on Key Waden Island when he was in the area, he wrote a check to replace the pier. Um, it, it, there was a a magnanimity and a, a an outpouring, but also a, a an anonymity. I mean, in those days, Mamie Eisenhower used to stay at the beach club during the the winter, and no one knew it when she was there because the privacy was respected. There wasn't that fascination with celebrity and who's in town, and uh, it it was just a a gentler, quieter more peaceful place. You know, it's it's as close as it ever was to that sleepy fishing village that it proclaims. Were there concerns about the quality of the water by then or at that time, or was it not developed enough to where we didn't really start to see the, the impacts that we live with daily now? No, there were. And in fact, the um, the Conservancy of Southwest Florida began as something called the Collier County Conservancy as an effort to stop development along the coast from Naples south to Marco. And the um, um, once the 
the citizens who, who put that effort together and got purchased that land, and they turned it over to the Audubon Society. And Audubon had a, a, a scientist working for them named Bernie Yokel, and he immediately started doing baseline research on the Rookery Bay Reserve, which today is now the, the Rookery Bay Estuarine Research Reserve, which is one of the baseline living laboratories that the United States government through NOAA preserves as a way to monitor how natural systems should be. And uh, But Bernie also did a study of Naples Bay, and, and this predates anything that was going on. And essentially his conclusion was that as long as that um, giant development that that we now know as Golden Gate, that, that all that water is being drained off and, and run in as a straight shot into Naples Bay. It's going to be impossible to ever restore that bay. So everything that's that's been done since then is being done with the understanding that it's kind of the best that we can do because we can't flood Golden Gate again. Mm-hmm. And as long as that water is pouring in as a point source, it, it's never going to be a functioning estuary. Hmm. Um, throughout your career and the different papers you worked for, were environmental stories always the focus, or did you have a broader scope than that at points? No, I, I not necessarily environmental, but uh, but always heavily science based. Uh, my my métier, if, if you will, was to to take um, take abstracts or scientific papers and then convert them into terms that layman could understand and. Uh, my my guiding principle was to not be the guy who's going to tell you that you know eating two scrambled eggs for breakfast would give you cancer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you and I would get along. I like trying to explain complicated things in plain English. <laughs> it's 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 a it's a real challenge, you know, and and you you swim uphill because it, there are a lot of of I will say bad science writers who you know they. They don't know how to read the literature, and they make assumptions and generalizations that aren't supported by the, the people doing the research. I'd like to take a moment to reintroduce my guests. Ray Bearfield is going to be taking over the role of Collier County Waterkeeper officially on April 12th, and Casey Schulberg is the current Collier County Waterkeeper. If you'd like to engage with the show about today's topic or any of our episodes, just use WGCU social media. We're on Facebook, and we are on Twitter. So, Ray, now that you um, are going to be stepping into this role, and you've said that, you know, you're not you weren't entirely clear on exactly what that role would entail um you know like what do you see as you know your your first priorities in this role or are you going to be kind of learning as you go as you develop your sense of place i'm uh, I, i'm already in the process of putting together i'm, I'm going to borrow a term from franklin roosevelt i'm putting together a kitchen cabinet which is essentially a, a, a half a dozen people that i've in some cases, I have received commitments. In other cases, I'm still in the process of pitching woo. But I want to bring these people in to fill. Um, I, I need someone who can take care of the the legal slash litigation window, if you will. Um, I need someone who can do public outreach and community events and, and that type of thing. I want someone who's... Um, going to be like a science slash water quality officer. And and in that, I, I don't see our role going forward so much in terms of conducting water quality testing because there are, there are a tremendous number of agencies and, and operators who are collecting the, the water quality 
data, the challenge is to interpret and analyze that data and, and use it to develop public policy. And right now we're kind of in a, in a trying political climate for doing that because there's a certain um, institutional resistance to bad news, I would say. And um, Diplomatic way to put that. For, <laughs> <laughs> well, for, for someone who, who wrote about the environment back in the, in the good old days when there was a State Department of Community Affairs and when a developer couldn't, you know, plant 10,000 apartments on a two-lane road and say, hey, deal with the traffic, you know, what, what, what do you want? Um, you know, it's, it's a different environment now. So there, there are challenges that, you know, I have not been addressing that actively, so I'm going to have to learn the ropes about that a little bit. But um, I do want to uh, have someone who is responsible for pulling that data together and then reaching out to what I hope to be to the academic community. And I've made some inroads through uh, some of the the institutions locally to to get access to to researchers and let them know that there are there are opportunities for them to you know pursue your master's degree here you know here's here's something that you can be taking a look at because we have neither the staff nor the funding to to do that kind of analysis ourselves. Um, the the other thing uh, we want to have a. Um, I feel very strongly about having a property rights chair. Uh, I think that the the person who comes down here from Chicago and buys a $5 million house a block off the beach and then finds out he can't sit on his patio in the evening is going to be an upset customer. And I, I think we have a, a tremendous opportunity right now to get out in front of that type of thing and enlist the the cooperation and, and the enthusiastic support of those parts of our economy that basically thrive on selling those $5 million houses off the beach. So once the, the, the real estate industry, um, when people recognize that this water quality thing, it's not just about having a, you know, nasty water when you're sailboarding, it's um, you got to protect your investment. Um, you mentioned trying to get the attention of policymakers, um, and you can chime in here too if you'd like, mm -hmm. Casey. When it comes to addressing the issues that water bodies in Collier County are facing and water quality in Collier County is experiencing, is it more important to get the attention of the hyper-local policymakers or at the state level or, or beyond? I mean, is it more important to convince county commissioners and city council members that things need to change, or is it at the state level? I mean, is that... Well, you got to do it all, and it, it's a vast uh, undertaking. Um, we do a little bit of lobbying. You know, we usually join forces with other organizations because we may not have the lobbying clout uh, in Tallahassee. Uh, there's a lot of intransigence. There's a lot of entrenched interests, and moving that is just hard. You know, these are uh, decades, sometimes centuries-old industries uh, that that. Um, are not are not quick to change. You know whether it's agriculture, ranching, uh, development, um, and and they are fueled, and they fuel the the legislators at Tallahassee to keep the status quo. So that's that's a, a tough that's a tough lift, and locally very important as well. Um, you know we, we we keep saying that we need to to vote in representatives who are really kind of in, in concerned with the water quality and some people give lip service to it but you know when when push comes to shove they will sometimes just toe toe the status quo and that that that's clearly not working it's not working 
Um, Ray, you were talking about how the groundwork that was laid back with Golden Gate has led to decades of water issues in Naples Bay. Um, and that's something you can't go back in time and change that. Are there things that either of you see right now that 50 years from now we would have wished we'd done? Well, you know what I'm going to do is rather than than go down that road, not to, to dodge your question, but I'd rather give you a positive example sure. of something going back that way. Uh, I had the the great fortune uh, years ago to work with um, a fellow named Gary Litton, who later became the uh, director of the Rookery Bay National Estuarine Research Reserve. Gary had the foresight when the first Everglades restoration plans were being penciled in. He had the foresight to reach out and recruit a fisheries biologist and bring him onto the staff there. And... Um, gentleman's name is Pat O'Donnell. He was working down in the Keys, and Gary got him up here and put him to work monitoring uh, fishery stocks in three bays that are in the – basically the, the watershed drained by what we now know as, as the Picayune National Forest. Uh, at the time, it was called the Lower Blocks. This was the, the southernmost part of the Golden Gate Estates that was going to be developed. That, that never happened. Well, the first part of the Everglades Restoration Program was to go in, dynamite those roads out there, plug those canals, and get rid of the whole canal system that was disrupting that part of the 10,000 Islands uh, estuarine environment. So Pat has been uh, conducting fisheries in order to monitor water quality. And so what he, we have now is he has about 25 years of solid data, which is something almost nobody in the world is lucky enough to acquire. So this is a case where someone anticipated, acted, and it's coming to bear fruit now. Um, the fundraiser on the 14th. Yeah, 12th. 12th. April 12th. A four week from 12, Wednesday. Not 12, 4. It's not <laughs> right. December. Right. Um, so on April 12th, is this yeah. something that's just open to anybody and tell us what's going to happen during It is that, open Casey. to the public. Uh, we're actually screening a movie my dad and uncle made in 1958. It was Christopher Plummer's first leading role, starred Burl Lives. It was an environmental movie. It was about the uh, the uh, annihilation of plume birds at the turn of the last century. And um, so Chris Plummer plays the first Audubon warden down there, and Burr Lives is the kind of leader of the poachers. And we're going to do we're going to screen that movie. We're going to introduce Ray, uh, who's just going to do a fantastic job, and and we'll kind of have a little a little celebration that night. Okay, we'll have a link to that on our website. Uh, last question, real quick answer, Ray. Um, do you spend much time on the water, and will this mean more or less? No, you know, <laughs> I've, a, a, a good a good buddy of mine took me out. Uh, for a couple hours just to kind of show me how the bay had shifted around um, earlier in the summer. We went out. We, we caught a few redfish. We talked about some old stories. But no, I just I, – I, my time is spent doing other things right now. Reading journals. Yes. All right. Uh, <laughs> thanks to my guests. Ray Bearfield will soon be the new Collier County Waterkeeper. Ray, thank you for coming in. Thank you, Mike. And Casey Schulberg will soon be the uh, former Collier County Waterkeeper. Casey, thanks to you as well. Thank you very much, Mike. If you missed any of the show, you can always hear episodes in their entirety on our website, wgcu.org slash gcl or wherever you find podcasts. Our show today was produced by yours truly. Our director today is Jared Gonzalez. Our social media coordinator is Tara Callie. For now, thank you for listening. I'm Mike Canary. This is WGCU-FM, Fort Myers 90.1, WMKO Marco Island 91.7 FM, NPR for Southwest Florida.